Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Just Chuck It podcast, a Royals prospect and Pioneer League podcast, the official podcast of the Idaho Falls Chuckers. My name is Greg Moraz. I am the Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations here in Idaho Falls, and I am pleased to be joined by my partner in crime, Chris Hall, the Director of Public Relations here in Idaho Falls. Chris, the uh, the maiden voyage for this podcast, how are you feeling? I am excited. I think it's going to be a great way for us to give our fans in Idaho Falls and also our fans everywhere a chance to get a little inside scoop on the team, get a little bit better perspective, and know what we've got coming up here at the ballpark. So... You talk about getting excited. I mean, it is hard to not be excited about the way that Idaho Falls is playing right now. 9-0 to start the year. Draft picks are starting to come in. Three walk-off wins on the six-game homestand. You start off the season 9-0, and and you just have to feel like everything is clicking on the right way. And one of the things about short-season baseball is that you don't get starters that go six-plus innings. You get a lot of guys that really piece it together, and you get guys that maybe aren't necessarily the most well-known players but still find ways to contribute. And I want to start off talking about Rhett Applin and what he did on Saturday. Applin, a 28th-round pick last year out of Florida State University, didn't hit a home run last year playing for the Burlington Royals of the Appalachian League. He's already got four homers in his first eight games this year. He hit two on Saturday, including a three-run walk-off bomb. Chris, talk about what you've seen from this guy early on and, and what he has meant to the success of this Chucker Club. Well, you said exciting. I mean, he has been one of the players bringing the most excitement to this team. You talked about Saturday of, you know, feeling like we're we might lose a game I don't want to say finally, but might lose a game this year. Down four going into the ninth inning. Gets himself into a 3-1 count. Gets a pitch to hit, and he just absolutely smokes it to right center. And I've never seen, in my three years here, I've never seen a crowd get that excited. And I think we really saw it come into play for that Sunday game. People just want to show up. People want to see what this team can do. People want to see what Applin can do. And up to this point, he has certainly not let them or us down. Applin with four homers in his first eight games. Like we said, he hasn't really played like this his entire career. He's hitting a 323 right now. He's got nine RBI. He's walked three times, so he's got an on-base of 389. There's a lot of guys that have come in from the draft over the course of the first week. The guy I want to start off talking about is not necessarily who you think we would talk about. Clay Dungan, a ninth-round pick out of... Indiana State University. He's played five games with the Chuckers. He was the first 2019 draftee to debut with Idaho Falls. He has hit safely in all five games that he's played. He's had multiple hits in four of five games. And yesterday, we're recording this on Monday the 24th with the hopes to get it pumped out on Tuesday morning as the team will go up to Great Falls. Dungan went 6-for-6 yesterday, and he's the second chucker in as many seasons to go 6-for-6 in a game. Kyle Kasser did it last season against the Orem Owls. Dungan's a guy that plays a really solid shortstop. He doesn't have a ton of power, but has good gap-to-gap pop and just doesn't put together bad at-bats. He waits for his pitch, and he doesn't really swing at any bad pitches. And Chris, I know that you're running around on the field, you know, getting the fans pumped up during the game, but I feel like every fan's attention, and similarly every employee's attention, is focused on the game. Everybody locked in when Dungan comes to the plate. I don't want to – this might be unfair, an unfair 
comparison to make to somebody nine games in, but who he reminds me a lot of when I watch his at-bats, when I watch him out in the field from the Idaho Falls team of last year is Nate Eaton of not a ton of power, but he seems to always find those gaps. He seems to always make the right play, even if it's not a spectacular play on defense. He just puts himself in the right place. He gives us great at-bats night after night. He's hitting for a solid average. Came in maybe a little more under the radar than some of the other guys that we're expecting to talk about on this team. But he hasn't let anybody down. It's been great to watch him. It's been a pleasure to watch him for all of us here. I was I had the opportunity to drag the field last night, and all the guys are coming out of the field, and they pulled him aside. Hey, Clay, are you are you five for five right now? And he kind of smiles, and he goes, you know what, I think I am. And then I saw, saw him get that sixth hit, and I was excited for him, a six for six night. No matter where you're at, is no matter what level, that's hard to do. He goes six for six in your fifth professional game. He's hit leadoff every game that he's played in, and he's gotten on base in his first plate appearance in four of the five games. So this is a guy that clearly understands what it means to be a leadoff hitter. And I think at a level like the Pioneer League, where you get a lot of first-year college guys, a lot of second-year high school guys, and some multi-year Latin American players, the art of what it means to actually hit leadoff is somewhat understated. You're a San Francisco Giants fan lifelong. I'm an Oakland A's fan lifelong. I can't really think of anybody that I'd describe of the teams of our childhoods as really true leadoff hitters, but you look at players like a Ricky Henderson that defined what it meant to be a leadoff guy as a guy that drew walks, got on base, put together good at bats, you know, where Dungan fits in the organization going forward yet to be seen he's five games in but for a ninth round selection to take the spotlight like he has I was in this league last year broadcasting for a different team the Helena Brewers but I saw enough of Nate Eaton to know that I think that's a relatively accurate comparison I think it's been and something that's come about in baseball over the last few years with the leadoff hitter is the importance of that on base percentage I can't remember growing up thinking of oh, I'm really excited for my leadoff hitter to take a walk. You never cared about his plate discipline. You always thought of just a speedy 290, 300 hitter hitting at the top of the lineup. Dungan can get on base. He can get a walk, and that starts to rally early in the games. When he comes up in the ninth inning, part of the reason we've had such great luck in the ninth inning is those guys at the top of the order are getting on base, setting the table for Applin to come in, finish the game on Saturday, and it's just been fun to watch. This is the Just Chuck It podcast, an Idaho Falls Chuckers and Kansas City Royals podcast. You can follow the Chuckers on Twitter at IFChuckers. You can visit us online for every game recap, www.ifchuckers.com. That's Chuckers, C-H-U-K-A-R-S. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg D. Mirage. Chris, where can they follow you on the Twitters? You can follow me on Twitter at Scoops Hall. That's my uh, childhood nickname, S-C-O-O-P-S, Hall, H-A-L-L. So moving on from Clay Dungan, there are a lot of other players that we want to talk about on this podcast. But I actually want to turn it over to you, Chris, as the team hits the road for three games and then we'll come home. And for those who are in the Idaho Falls community, We've got a lot of really fun promotions at this ballpark. We are able to put on an event for people every night, and that's what I like to think of minor league baseball as an event, not necessarily a party, but really a fair of some sorts that you can come watch great baseball and have fun doing it. So, Chris, 
Games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 7-15, 7-15, 4 o'clock against the Great Falls Voyagers. What do we have in store promotional-wise? So we have got a great three-game set coming up. Not only do we get to watch the hottest team in all professional baseball, but you come on Friday, we're going to have the inaugural country night here at the ballpark. We're going to have country music going all night. We're going to have country-themed games going all night. And a little inside scoop for our podcast listeners just decided the first 200 people through the gate are also going to get a free cowboy hat. Yeehaw! Courtesy of the Chuckers and our friends at Keller Williams and Smith Chevy. On Saturday night, it's going to be another great giveaway. Um, we've never done this before either. A beach towel, a free beach towel for the first 500 people through the gate, courtesy of Shoshone Bannock Casino Hotel. Uh, they're awesome towels. We just got to take a look at them. Comfortable, nice, thick towels. I think everybody that comes through is really going to like them. They're really special. And then Sunday's always a great day here at the ballpark. A little slow on the crowd, but dollar off beer. Uh, get to get home a little earlier and just always great baseball. That is the 28th, 29th, and 30th of June. Also, to give you a little bit of a further look ahead, after Sunday, Chuckers will go back. It's going to be a weird travel schedule, Chris, because the Chuckers are going to go up to Montana, western Montana, play Missoula the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of July, then back home to Melaleuca Field for the 4th of July and the 5th of July, and then back to Great Falls, so up to Montana again for a three-game set against the Voyagers. It continues a great you know, tradition we have here in Idaho Falls of a 4th of July game. I can't remember the last time we didn't have a game on 4th of July here in Melaleuca Field, starting early enough for us to get to fireworks. I can't think of a better way to spend my 4th of July than get close to downtown, walk over, and see some fireworks. And the fireworks game will start at 4.30. This is the Just Chuck It podcast. We're going to get back to baseball right now. Brady McConnell, the second-round pick by the Royals out of the University of Florida. Chris, you, myself, Josh Michelson, Aaron Madero in our office, watching the draft very, very closely at the beginning of June, seeing Bobby Witt Jr.'s name, the Colleyville Heritage High School shortstop being selected by the Royals second overall. A high school player may not necessarily come to the Pioneer League in his first year. Brady McConnell comes in the second round. And he had a breakout year at Florida this year. He played sparingly in his first year. He's a draft-eligible sophomore. In 2019, he hits over 330, 15 homers, 48 RBI. The homer and the RBI total lead the Florida Gators. Have had a chance to see him play twice, both times at DH. Expect to see a couple starts at shortstop over the upcoming road trip. Chris, this is a guy that's got really good power to all fields. Pretty good plate discipline. He struck out a couple of times on bad pitches, but when you see McConnell at the plate, you just see a guy that's going to put together a really professional at bat, and when he gets a good pitch to hit, he's going to drive it. He looks like he's ready to be playing professional baseball. It's crazy to think that he was a sophomore in college this year, and he looks like he fits in with the guys. We've seen people this year come here that are playing their second, third year of professional baseball, and he definitely seems to be fitting in. I'm excited to see how that power plays in the Pioneer League. And like you said, we were certainly glad on draft day, someone we had our eye on of, it'd be great to get him here in Idaho Falls, and we're lucky enough to have him. The compensation B round follows the second round, and the Royals picked up Arizona State right-hander Alec Marsh in that round. Marsh has already made two starts here at Melaleuca Field. Two perfect innings on the 18th against Missoula. 
Yesterday, he gave up a run in two innings against the Billings Mustangs, and he's a guy that has got really good stuff. Uh, fastball will play to about 92. He's got a slider that is probably his most effective breaking pitch and a good changeup as well. The interesting thing about seeing pitchers at this level, Chris, and you and I have both experienced it, having me worked in the Pioneer League for two years, you now in your third year working in the Pioneer League, is that Division One college pitchers that come into rookie ball are not going to be like normal pitchers. For a lot of people that don't necessarily understand how first-year ball works, pro organizations want to save these guys' arms. Most of these pitchers have already pitched anywhere in the range from 65 to 105 innings throughout their college season. Alec Marsh pitched 104 innings at Arizona State this year. The Royals do not want to have to use him more than they desire to. Last year, a good example would be left-hander Chris Bubich, who pitched 80 innings or something in college and basically wouldn't go past three innings in a start here in Idaho Falls. A couple other Royals draft picks like Jonathan Bolin, uh, Brady Singer didn't even pitch last year, uh, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Kowar. You know, these are guys that are, are playing sparingly. So, you know, to see a guy like Marsh, you're only going to see him for maybe three innings a night, but at least from what you can see from him early, he's got the making of something special. I think anybody that was here last year would tell you even the three occasional four innings that we got from Chris Bubich last year was important to our team. We want, it seemed like we were always in those games. It gives us the ability to control those games early. And you see the same makeup with him. Um, you see Alec Marsh out here making good pitches, controlling the strike zone. Gave up a hit and a run yesterday, um, but it didn't seem to rattle him. He seemed able to just get back into that zone, keep making his pitches, get out of it, and put the Chuckers in a great position to keep this undefeated streak going. You're listening to the Just Chuck It podcast, a Kansas City Royals and Idaho Falls Chuckers podcast. A couple other guys I want to hit on real briefly. I want to start off with Taiwanese lefty Cha Wong who has made two appearances with the Chuckers so far. On opening night, he went three and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball out of the bullpen, got the win. On Friday night against Billings, he comes in in the eighth inning. Bases are loaded. He gets a ground out to end the inning, loads the bases up against him in the ninth, strikes out two to end the inning, and then in the tenth inning in minor league baseball, which you start with a runner on second, he puts a guy on intentionally, Leonardo Seminati, who already had three hits in the ball game, and is able to get out of the inning and strand two guys on. This is a fascinating prospect because Wong stands about 6'1". He's listed at 210. He's probably more around 230. But his fastball tops out at like 84. He's got a curveball and a slider that will dart anywhere from around 75 all the way down to 71. He paints all sides of the plate really, really well. And, and I like to compare him to a guy that you got to see a lot of here last year. That's J.C. Cloney. A lot different body type. You know, Wong's a little bit shorter, a little bit stouter, but a guy that keeps it around the zone and is able to overpower guys with a pitch that really you would not define as overpowering. You know, it seemed there must be a lot of deception that players are get, seeing at the plate coming from him on the mound. His curveball to strike out, I think it was in the 10th inning on Friday. 
the batter with two outs didn't seem like he had any idea that that was a curveball coming out of his hand. It seemed to catch him off guard late. It didn't seem like he had any chance to hit that ball. And I think, you know, the difference in speed between his other pitches and his fastball still confuse hitters the same as it would if it was a 94-mile-an-hour fastball and an 81-mile-an-hour curveball. Those changes in speed, he knows how to use them, he knows where to put them, and it's been effective for him here in the Pioneer League. Another guy I want to talk about is somebody that was a draft pick last year but has shown premium power already this year, and that's Michael Amodi, uh, 11th rounder out of Creighton. Already Amodi has three homers on this young season. He's hitting a 320, leads the club with 10 RBI, and on base of 419. He has been hit by three pitches already, and he has walked twice in seven games. Amodi's a big guy. He stands at 6'5". I uh, already have seen him hit two home runs here at Melaleuca Field that have gone well over their respective fences, hit it off the video board two nights ago on Saturday, and then on opening night he hit a grand slam that went over the, or rather, uh, not opening night, but the 18th, Tuesday night, the night after home opening night, hit one over the U.S. Bank sign in deep right center field. This is a guy that is going to be your primary catcher here for most of the year. He's a guy that Shows premium power, good plate discipline. I know we've been saying that about a lot of guys, but you know he doesn't swing at a lot of bad pitches, but when he hits it hard, he really connects. It's been awesome to see how much power is in this lineup. In my past two years in the Pioneer League, uh, especially here in Idaho Falls, it seems like that's something that's been lacking here on this team is we've had high team batting averages. It seems like we're, we were always getting hits, but that power, those big innings seem to elude us night after night and that is something that has not been eluding us this year power everywhere one through nine some nights you know i'm not expecting tyler james to hit for a lot of power when he's in the lineup but it could come from anyone at any time the catcher position is important enough on defense that you seems like you take whatever you can from a catcher and to have someone that's contributing power in the middle of the lineup from that position has been a huge asset to this team I do want to shift focus to Tyler James for a moment because this is somebody that made a big impact in Idaho Falls last year and hasn't really gotten much of a chance to play after a rough start. He started off one for his first 11, but yesterday he goes four for four. He scores two runs, or rather four runs, pardon me, drives home two runs. Without a doubt, the fastest guy in the Royals organization He stole 38 bases last year here in Idaho Falls. He got hurt in mid-July. He finished his season on an 18-game hitting streak, but he didn't get to play the rest of the year. A lot of people were surprised that he didn't start this year in full-season baseball. 25th rounder in 2017 out of NAIA William Carey in Mississippi. But Tyler James is electrifying, and I think if he can put together a more complete game, and he even told me, he said, it's like, getting better with the bat because he said I got a lot of my hits last year because of my speed I want to be a better pure hitter and I think yesterday was a sign that the development that James has tried to work on throughout the offseason you give him a chance to to get going and and that's going to show you I've told a lot of people I think that if Tyler James is healthy for the last month of last year that the Idaho Falls Chuckers were a playoff team last year we end up finishing a game back, and I really think that he was important enough to that team that that's a win right there, just having Tyler James playing games. His speed's going to be important. 
as that bat comes around this year, he gets on base and that's a it's a double. A single is a double with Tyler James because he can take it whenever he wants. He's the fastest player I've ever seen play in person here in minor league baseball. And his work with Damon Hollins, his work with this whole coaching staff, that hit tool is coming around. And when he combines that with that speed, he's going to be dangerous in professional baseball for a long time. We're just about to wrap up here on the Just Chuck It podcast. But, Chris, one guy that I have not brought up yet. I get to see these guys all the time, home and road. Who's one guy that I have not brought up yet to you that has surprised you in one way or another that Royal fans near and far should be excited about going forward? My favorite player this year has been Nathan Webb to watch. He's been amazing, taking our first game of the year, striking out to strike out 10 that night. 10 in relief, four and two-thirds innings out of the bullpen. And then he comes home, he starts a game, and he's lights out in that game. This is someone who we saw stretches of every now and then in games last year that you were like, oh, he can really pitch. He's someone that's going to contribute to this organization. Mixed in with quite a few games that you said, oh, Nathan Webb's pitching. To see him turn that around this year and be someone that this team can count on, that we are excited to watch pitch, has been so fun. He's such a nice guy. It's great to have him back for a second year. And I'm just happy for him, and I'm happy for the team. I'm glad we've got him. Nathan Webb, somebody who's really been working hard with pitching coach Clayton Mortensen on keeping his front side in. So his mechanics, for those of you who can somewhat visualize it, you keep your left side in as a right-handed pitcher. You're going to stay more on top of the baseball. And when you do that, you're going to bring the ball down. And you'll pick up velocity because your release point is in a better spot. I might be getting a little bit into the weeds here, but you know, Nathan Webb's statistics from last year to this year, granted just two starts, completely night and day. So I, I think that's a really good place to end it. This is the Just Chuck It podcast. We are going to try and do these at minimum once a week. When I go on the road, we'll be doing a, a remote record on our remote recording program, Zencaster. So Chris and I will try and do these as much as we can, keep you updated on what's going on with the Chuckers, what's going on with the Royals prospects. We'll, in future episodes, get into some other Royal prospects, former Chuckers, and other Royal prospects that are going to have a big impact in Kansas City going forward because... I think this is a great time to be a fan of Royals minor league baseball. The big league club is in full rebuilding mode, and the players that are going to make an impact on the future great Royals teams, they're starting here in Idaho Falls, they're moving through Lexington, Wilmington, Northwest Arkansas, and I think it's a really positive sign to know that High A Wilmington is going to the playoffs in the first half. Low A Lexington is going to the playoffs in the first half. Low A Lexington winning their division with the lowest batting average in the league, but the best team team ERA. So you get guys that have made impacts for the Chuckers in the past, like Tyler Gray, John Heasley having a really good start to the year as well, Jonathan Bolin, who we've brought up briefly. It's a fun time to be a, a fan of this system. It is. I mean, we're really lucky to have him here in Idaho Falls, a team that we can be proud of, names that we can keep an eye on moving forward to see people that have been here the last few days, the last few years, making an impact at higher levels. It's got to be exciting for the whole community. 
Well, Chris, it's been a fun maiden voyage on the Just Chuck It podcast. Make sure that you head to www.ifchuckers.com. We will post the link to this podcast on our homepage. You can also find it on Twitter at IFChuckers. Make sure that you like us on Facebook, Idaho Falls Chuckers, IFChuckers on Instagram as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Demaraz. You can follow him at Scoops Hall. This has been the Just Chuck It podcast, a Royals and Chuckers podcast. We'll catch you next time.